0: This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM.
1: Hey, good Saturday morning to you. It is Kansas Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. Good morning. Let's get you up and moving for the day right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 1025 FM KQAM. Ready to rock and roll. It's a brand new weekend. It's kind of dreary out. We had storms last night. That was kind of awesome. It's going to be raining and kind of semi-storming over the next day or two, uh, really the next week. I've seen it really extended through like Wednesday or Thursday next week, so that's fun. I guess it's officially here. The nice thing is we're not seeing like severe, super bad storms. We're just seeing like nice rain and somewhat storms, and I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. It's been kind of an awesome year so far weather-wise here in South Central Kansas. Welcome in. we got a lot to get to. Happy Kansas Day. Happy Saturday. And welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Give me a call, 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, I would love to hear from you today. We have a really big show today. I mean, it is, uh, it is Donald Trump would say, it's huge. It's bigly. It's the biggest one you've ever seen in your entire life. I'm super excited. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, State Representative Stephen Johnson. He's candidate for Kansas State Treasurer. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour to chat about his campaign running for state treasurer, along with some legislative issues. But I am super excited as well for hour number two as we have two guests in studio with us as they're kind of like the heads of both chambers of our state legislature. Uh, We'll have Senate President Ty Masterson along with House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins. So one from each chamber. They'll be with us the entire hour number two of the program. And I'm super excited to chat with them about uh, the recap of the 2021 legislative session. Not sure if you're aware or not, but the legislative session is done. Finito. It's over. And where'd we end up? How'd we end up doing this year? Overall, I gotta say, I'm pretty happy with the way we ended up this year. Still got some work to do. Still got some things we needed to focus on. Still got some things we need to focus on that's going to carry over to next year. But at least we had some good news come out this year. And I think overall... Compared to previous years, we've done some really awesome stuff, and that's including with a Democrat governor who vetoed a lot of bills. We were able to override some of those vetoes. We weren't able to override other vetoes. So we'll talk about all that in hour number two with House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins and Ty Masterson. And we will give you the opportunity to call in as well at 316-721-8255 and give them Uh, A question as well. All of it right here on Kansas Talk presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue for all your buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all of your gold and silver needs. He's like one of the only places in the entire Mid-America region that actually has silver on hand, and he planned it that way. Because there's a shortage right now, because people are panicking, because of how bad the economy is going. So gold and silver, if you need it, he's got it. You can go and check the value of it. You can go and sell some. You can go and buy some. He can help you out whatever you need. 9344 West Central Avenue. They're opening at 9:30, so in about 20 minutes from now, and they'll be open until 2:30 this afternoon. Also online at Phil's Coins. Com. There's a lot to talk about today, and I want to open it up to you to see whatever is bothering you. But I really want to play a little game this morning. Can we play a game to start off the day? I know it's a Saturday, you're trying to, it's kind of dreary, you're trying to wake up. So I want to help you out for a second, and I want to play a game with you. I want to play a game if you ever watch the Saw movies. Wanna play a game. So here's the game. It's been kind of a weird week this week with some of the news coming out nationally and locally here in the state of Kansas and the South Central Kansas region. It's been kind of an off, weird, funky week. Like news-wise, politically-wise, there's been some weird things that went on. So I want to open up the lines to you and I want to ask you what the most absurd piece of news was that you heard this week, whatever it may be. At the national level, international level, I mean, Joe Biden did say that uh, Israel does have the right to defend itself against Hamas, which is kind of interesting, and uh, usually not something coming from a Democrat. I made a post on social media saying that, well, guess he's not getting dessert as he goes back to his basement this uh, that night, because he's not allowed to say that Israel has a right to defend itself. This entire way that he's responded, that's been horrible. You can comment on that. You could comment on the fact that the CDC... After saying you need to wear a mask after getting fully vaccinated because there are evil, dirty, slimy, corrupt, uh, deplorable people that have not gotten their vaccine yet. um, And therefore you need to wear your mask. They have now come out as of Wednesday this week and said officially that if you've been fully vaccinated with the COVID vaccine, that you do no longer need to wear a mask. And I ask you why. What changed? What has changed to where maybe the virus adapted and changed to where we don't have any new cases from anybody that's gotten vaccinated completely. We don't have people that are still getting sick after they've gotten completely vaccinated. Everybody has apparently gotten vaccinated enough to where we've reached herd immunity to where we don't need to wear masks anymore. Because just a couple days ago, earlier this week, no, 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 you need to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. Now, don't need to do that. So I ask you... Okay. Why? What's changed? Is that the news? That was the most absurd news of the week. Maybe it was the fact that can just bought into it like immediately as soon as it came out. Governor Laura Kelly made her statements and boom, yeah, we are doing that, baby. I have my theories on that. We'll get to that in a second. Maybe it's the fact that now we've extended vaccinations to twelve-year-olds in the communities across the nation. Including here in the state of Kansas, including Sedgwick County. Oh, they love being able to push this whole let's vaccinate 12 year olds in the community. Is that the most absurd news that you've heard this week so far? Maybe it's the fact that the state of Kansas has extended its COVID 19 benefits for additional unemployment benefits of the three to four hundred hours a month or a week for the COVID 19 stimulus. When we have a record number of jobs available right now in the state, but yet we wanted to extend the benefits. While we have a record number of jobs available in the state and the government's wondering like, gee, I wonder why people aren't going back to work. There's a lot of weird things that happened this week. All of it. I mean, you're kind of in a brain warp right now. It's kind of just swirling around and just trying to recap what the heck happened. So I'd love to hear from you. Out of all of these issues, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what the most absurd piece of news was that came out either nationally, internationally, or right here in the state of Kansas this week. At the same time, yesterday, and yes, I did fill it out. I absolutely did fill it out. But Sedgwick County, the Sedgwick County Health Department, has come out and has released a Uh, survey on their social media sites where you could fill it out and asking if you've been vaccinated in the community and if you haven't been vaccinated in the community and if you haven't, why haven't you and are you willing to do so and what's uh, causing you to not want to be vaccinated Uh, So they came out with this survey, and it's not that long. It's about five minutes to take. It's about, I don't know, 25 questions or so, and it goes through, and uh, it says it's anonymous, probably not, but I don't really care. I did fill it out, and I did tell them that flat out, no, no matter what you tell me, no matter what you quote-unquote try to educate me with, I will not take this vaccine no matter what. And then it asks, if you have children that are 12 years or younger, or, uh, yeah, 12 years or younger, which was really weird, um, or 16 years or younger, would you actually get them the vaccine? And I said, hell to the no. I would not give my child that vaccine. So I'm sure they'll just toss that one into the bin. I don't care, but I'm encouraging everybody to go and fill that out. Either you like the vaccine or you don't, whether you've gotten the vaccine or you haven't, I'd really like you to go out and fill that survey out because I think they need a balance in conversation and survey inputs right now because I'm sure that the only ones that have been surveying so far and actually inputting the survey have been the ones that really just say, uh, yes, we've gotten the vaccine and yes, we'll do whatever you say, master. Yes, we will do whatever you say. Yes, we will get the vaccine. Yes, we will do whatever you tell us to do. And, yes, you can educate us, a.k.a. brainwash us, and tell us how good uh, the stuff is. Again, nothing against the vaccine. If you want to get it, get it. I will not be. But just because I don't doesn't mean that I'm some dirty, filthy, undesirable within society as the way that many of the health officials across the nation and even still kind of here in the state of Kansas are trying to advocate for Joe Biden wants 70% vaccination rate by 4th of July, which is not going to happen. We're roughly around 40% nationwide. We're right around 38 to 40% here in the state of Kansas. I don't know if we're still within limbo of like the worst in the nation as a state for vaccination rates or if we've kind of caught up a little bit. But Governor Kelly really trying to push. Dr. Lee Norman with the KDHE really trying to push that vaccination rate here in the state. So the question is, will you be taking it? And will you give your children or your grandchildren that vaccine as well? But I highly encourage you, go onto the Facebook page, go to the Sedgwick County County Government Facebook page, or I shared it onto my page as well. If you're friends with me, I'll share it onto the Voice Reason and KQAM pages too. And you can fill out that survey, good or bad, positive or negative. Whether you want to take it or don't want to take it, I think you should fill out the survey. Because if a few other individuals say, no, we're not going to, and this is why, Maybe they'll back off a little bit, or maybe they'll just, you know, come after us a little bit harder. I don't really know, but bring it on, baby, because I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. So the question for you: the most absurd news that you've had that you've heard throughout this week? Three one six seven two one eight two five five three one six seven two one. Talk. Let's go to the phones here, shall we? Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Scott, what's going on, sir? Well,
2: the Democrats promised uh, a lot to the. To- black american people and when they got in office they didn't do anything for them they did things for asian american people they did things for uh, uh lgb people but they did nothing for the black people that they claim they're going to do something for police reform and all that stuff none of that happened and so if you can't trust them to keep their promises on that why would you want to take a shot that they can't even tell you what's in it
1: Mm, that's interesting. Now, I will uh, let me ask you this. The one bit of news where they really have focused on race issues has been the agate community where the uh, secretary for agriculture, the USDA, uh, has talked about getting rid of all government loans and debt of farmers, uh, of minority farmers, not white farmers or anybody else, but just getting rid of the debt of minority farmers across the nation. Is that part of the reparations? Is that a good thing? Do you agree with something like that? Or is that just of I don't kind know a about
2: that being part of reparations because, I mean, during slavery, uh, the black people who were in slavery couldn't own any farmland or anything. So, I mean, they were property themselves. So, I mean, you can't say they owned any property. Now, after slavery, when you had the Jim Crow laws and the segregation, some people were able to buy land, but some of that stuff was stolen from them. That's why. Uh, they've had issues with that when it comes to farming because the the little bit of farming they were able to do, the land was stolen from them over over periods of years. I mean, I think they had more black farmers 100 years ago than they got now. Yeah, they own
1: more. Well, we got a lot, we have more farmers in general back then than we do right now. We've kind of limited the land and the space available, we've kind of run a lot of farmers. Uh, out of business because of commodity prices and because of regulations from the federal government. Just overall in general, not even breaking it based on race. We've just seen a decrease in farmers altogether across the nation, which is something I think is a little concerning.
2: But, but, but one thing you got to remember is that this is the 100th anniversary uh, coming up near the end of this month of the Tulsa riots. And then all the 600 businesses that they had there were destroyed uh, with. The consent of the government of Oklahoma, because they're the ones who firebomb their own people, supposedly citizens of the United States, with uh, uh, air uh, uh, bombs that they dropped on the uh, part of town that the black people own. So I mean, uh, there again is government, uh, you know, uh, being responsible for the tragedy that's happened to the black people here in this country.
1: Yeah, interesting. All right, Scott, I appreciate that. That's uh, the the issue that's uh, coming from the Democrats. Now, look, I now I wouldn't trust any politician with some of the uh, campaign promises that they make, except for some, obviously, that actually, you know, want to represent the people. But overall, in general, uh, I'd be very skeptical of what they say on the campaign trail, wanting to do stuff. Uh, but Democrats especially, because they say everything to get you to vote for them. And then you can see that it just becomes more dependency and more government programs as opposed to actually doing something and doing something by, I mean, like getting the hell out of the way so we can do it ourselves, which is what society is actually supposed to do. So interesting conversations. Scott, appreciate that. 316 316-721-TALK. The most absurd news that you've heard this week. What is it? I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Is it the lowering the vaccination rate? Is it the extension of unemployment benefits in the state for Candice, right now is it the issues going on internationally with israel and the way that the biden administration has handled it uh there's a lot of weird things going on in the world today and i want to get your thoughts on all of it and more right here on candace talk on the big talker kqam <laughs> Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker. KQAM, happy Saturday morning. Trying to get you up and moving for the day. Get you pumped. I know it's hard with the dreary weather. Storms may be rolling in again. Rain. We desperately need it. I think we're in a drought, aren't we? I mean, we need the rain. We need the moisture. Let it boom, baby. Let it boom. 24 minutes past the hour. 316-721-8255. 316 316- Seven on Talk. We have State Representative Stephen Johnson coming on after the bottom of the hour break in just a few minutes talking about his run for state treasurer here in the state of Kansas. Can we get our finances back on track in the state? We'll touch on all that and more here in just a little bit. But my question to you right now, the most absurd news that you've heard throughout this last week, there's a lot of it. Um, but by the way, too. We do have gas prices slowly going up in the state of Kansas. It does not have anything to do with the pipeline that was shut down going to the East Coast. But have you seen the panic of the East Coast and some of the ridiculousness? I mentioned this on my on the program yesterday with the Voice of Reason that I there's there's highs and lows that I have on either like hey humanity's awesome we rock it we take care of each other we do really good and there's other times I'm like I'm surprised how we even know how to put on our pants and tie our shoes in the morning. And watching what's going on on the East Coast with people trying to put gasoline in like grocery baggies and garbage bags to put in their back seat, to put in like little buckets, uh, just trying to fill whatever they can. And I've even seen a meme. I don't know if it's true or not, but people that are trying to put diesel into their gas engines because I just thought it would make my engine louder. There was a post on social media about that. Again, I don't know if it's real or if it was just a joke, but these types of things. Make me question humanity on whether we can actually survive as a human species. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, but your most absurd news that you've heard this week, I'd love to get your thoughts. 316-721-8255. 5, 5. Let's go back to it. Line number two, good morning, is this. It's Nathan. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Hey, um, just real quick. So about the Vax card. Yes.
2: Um, you know, we, we we were taught a history in school because if we don't learn history, what does history do? It
1: repeats itself, right? Exactly. So, so what? What did
2: what did the um, Nazis do to the Jews when they needed to figure out, you know, um, to round them up? What they do? They made them wear a patch. So then that way, when they when they were ready for them to get round up, they knew who to round up. So it's just kind of concerning that we're 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 not learning from history here, right? Or we're we're not teaching history here.
1: Yeah, it's a little concerning. I mean, they had to have their papers. They had to have their little patch. And that's the next big question of what we're going to do here. I mean, now we have the vaccination. Now, the state of Kansas did ban vaccination cards, which is good. But at some point, there's going to be a conversation, even here in Kansas, now that we don't have to wear masks if you've been fully vaccinated, but what about the people that haven't been fully vaccinated that don't wear a mask either? Businesses, the new next legal question is, are businesses going to be asking people for verification if they've been vaccinated in order to not wear a mask in their shops? Is that going to be a conversation we're going to have? Which means there's going to be a conversation about having your papers or having some type of app or having documentation or having a patch or whatever to prove your vaccination. Because if you notice, some of those that are like hardcore all about the vaccination if you don't get it, then they literally come out and say you're the one spreading the virus, you're the one killing people, yeah, and you're just yeah. selfish. So, I mean, already the divide has started of you're kind of the undesirables of society right now. Um, and what are we going to do with you? So, the conversation's going to be have to had uh, have to be had here pretty soon. You know,
2: well, where does hit the walls at? I mean, we just don't. We just say, oh well, those. You know, we don't. I, we can ask whatever we want now. I mean that. Yeah. I mean, is that kind of the point of? You know, don't ask, don't tell. I just, I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand that. If, if you're so worried about it, what, well, why are you worried that I got to get a shot? I just, I don't understand that. you know well, I
1: mean, I if mean, you if have the you vaccine and I haven't, then That's you're right. fine, right? You're like, exactly. So why, why, what's your concern that I have it or don't have it? You
0: know. <laughs> and apparently the
1: vaccine's so. working really well because if you don't have <laughs> to wear your mask anymore, then it, sh- it's, apparently it's working really good. <laughs> it's working, right, right, right. Have a good day. Hey, I appreciate it very much. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a question we're going to have to have. It's going to be a weird question, uh, a weird conversation. and some are going to try to ignore it and put on the blinders, but it's something we have to address because, You and I, we are, we are the undesirables of society right now because we are toxic and we are dirty for not getting the vaccine and we're selfish and we just want people to die in the streets. Oh, you have no idea all the comments that I've been called on social media from all the uh, super hardcore endorsed vaxxers, which if you get the vaccine, cool, that's awesome, get it, that's fine, I don't care, but I don't know what that has to do with me and no, I don't want anybody to be harmed or die. I have my own way of taking care of my health, and I believe wholeheartedly that my way of taking care of my health is just as good as yours. But now now that we're getting rid of the masks for vaccinated individuals, the conversation will be had because many businesses are still leery. Many businesses on their own are still mandating mask wearing in their shop. So if we don't have to because we've been vaccinated, then what's going to happen here? You're absolutely right. I mean, the vaccine card has been banned from, by the state legislature. They did pass a bill in the legislative session this year saying that we will not have uh, vaccine cards in the state of Kansas. But the conversation will be had with people still not wanting to go back to work. We mentioned it a year ago, is that if we shut everything down like this, when will be when will people be forced to have to go back to work, uh, even if they don't feel safe because they want to try and milk it and dry, drag it out as long as possible, which obviously they're doing with record number of jobs available right now and no one wanting to go back to work. When are we going to have to force them and when are they going to say, well, you know, I'm going to start a lawsuit because I don't feel comfortable. I need to prove your vaccination. And if you don't, you you just need to hold your papers. You need to have your app. You need to have your papers. You need to prove that you're okay to function in society. If not, you're one of those dirty, soiled people that just don't fit in society any longer. The conversation will have to be had through the legal system, and it's happening here really soon. Lots more coming up here on Candace Talk for the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here.
0: To Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier.
1: Darn right, Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 a.m., 1025 FM, KQAM. Happy Saturday morning. Getting you up and moving for the weekend. By the way, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, presenting Kansas Talk to you each and every weekend right here on KQAM. They are officially open right now. They opened up just a few minutes ago. They'll be open until two thirty this afternoon for all your buying, selling, and trading of your gold and silver. With honesty and integrity, you can also visit them online at fillscoins.com. Right here in the Wichita area. All right, we got a lot to get to. We have our guests on the line, State Representative Stephen Johnson. We'll get to him in just a second as we have uh, our caller on the line. And we'll take that as we wrap up the most absurd news that you've heard this week. Plus, we have the vaccinations, the masking, and will we start seeing legal suits on the vaccination cards? I mean, if you don't know who's vaccinated, non-vaccinated non-vaccinated people not wearing masks and vaccinated people not having to wear masks, then how do you know who's spreading the virus and killing people off? See? <laughs> and David's on the line with us here real quick. David, how are you, my friend? How you doing? Hey, I'm living the uh, dream. What's going on?
3: Well, I just thought I like the topic there. Uh, it seems to me that uh, the fear is so out of whack anymore. It's just about power grabs. Because... Now we have uh, vaccines all over the place. We got new treatments that uh, are very effective that did not have a year ago. So people that go in and do have it and have a problem can still be treated and recover. Sure. It's down instead of 3.4% of us dying when we get it, it's now to 0.1%. So it's like ridiculous. We had a, a million people last year had a stroke. We had 2 to 3 million had heart attacks and cancer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. It's all the attentions on one thing. Well,
1: it's what, show fr- me what your frustrates papers. what frustrates me throughout this whole thing is you're right. There are different ways. To take care of your health, there are different ways to treat this, and you're right, the death rate has gone down so much. We've protected the vulnerable population, the elderly individuals, the sick ones with immune-compromised systems, uh, and the ones that, you know, if you look at the data on what COVID actually and who it actually affects, is the elderly, is the autoimmune compromised because of a prior ailment, and individuals that are overweight. And we've protected... Those categories of people, they've gotten the vaccine, we've separated them from society with the daily function of what's going on, we've protected them, and since we've protected them, the death rate has plummeted. We still see cases, but to me, cases don't matter because it's not about the number of cases, it's about the number of people that are getting sick and hospitalized and the number of people that are actually dying, and those numbers have kind of plateaued at a low rate. While cases may be going up, I don't really care. I mean, I may have had it and was asymptomatic and never even knew it because I never got tested. To me, the COVID positivity rate is a little absurd because the testing rate is going down because people just either don't care or are not getting sick anymore because their immune system's fighting it off. So uh, if you can fight off, whether with the vaccine or with you know D3, magnesium, and zinc, then either way, to me, that's cool. And guess what? Like you mentioned, the ones that are actually vulnerable that are concerned that could go into the hospital or die because of this, they're protected, they have the vaccine, and they're limiting their exposure with other people. I don't see what the big deal is really by now anymore.
3: Yeah, it, it's crazy. It's all fear now because if you look at it in perspective with all the different other diseases we have, it's nothing. It's all—it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. But I think the big issue, and I hope that we get to it at some point, Arizona you know, on the election fraud. That's the big issue to me. They're finding lots of stuff that we're going to have very interesting in the next few weeks.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because coming up on the national program for the Voice Reason at 4 o'clock during the week, we have some guests coming up this week talking about that issue. So I'm glad you mentioned that because it's going to be a big focus. So, David, I appreciate that, brother, and it's good to talk to you and have a wonderful weekend all right i know it's a, we're like a year and a half out from election season but we've had some great candidates on already we've talked to former governor jeff collier we've talked to secretary uh, former secretary of state chris kobach with his run for attorney general we have uh attorney general Derek schmidt coming on the program here uh pretty soon so i'm looking forward to chatting with him as well I actually got to look because he uh, we'll be coming on here the next week or two I believe so looking forward to that one but right now as well I want to shift gears a little bit and get into election season on another announcement Your
0: Choice 2020 Pay attention
1: yeah. well, Except for that's 2021 so we'll get that one updated but I'm super excited to have on the program with the state representative and candidate for the state treasurer's position Mr. Steven Johnson with us here Steve how are you my friend I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on this morning. Hey, it's great to have you on the program. Welcome aboard. Uh, congratulations on the announcement. I have never seen so much um, excitement going into a midterm election, a year and a half out with so many candidates jumping into races already. To me, that just shows that we're fired up and we're ready to make some big changes. Is that really what's led you up to want to uh, you know, jump into this race already?
4: That's exactly it. Um, A lot of things that have been going on. And of course, as you've mentioned, we've got a couple of great governor's candidates and we've got some offices that we need to change back to the Republican hands. So that's the case in the treasurer's race. And that's what caused me to take a look at that race in particular.
1: Yeah. Talk about what what you wanted to focus on as state state treasurer. I mean, being a state representative, you've had a lot of legislative issues, but transitioning into the state treasurer's position, a little bit different flavor in, in the state government.
4: It is a different flavor. But um, as I look at what I had done and the career that I had, uh, that's actually a good fit with the role and the responsibilities of the treasurer's office. So that was the piece that was a natural fit for me. I focused on the financial issues since being in the legislature. I know you just had your retirement hour a little earlier this morning um, in financial services after I left K-State in uh, 1980. Eight, I worked there until 2011 when I joined the legislature trying to figure out exactly those things. How do you say, what do you do with, what is the best route from here to there financially? And that was my role with the company. Then in the legislature, there's a number of things that the treasurer works with. Certainly there's the office itself that just handles the payments. But there's the opportunity to have that role working with the budget director, with the uh, legislature, on on how that is set up as well to just keep information flowing about where we are and how to be responsible financially. And then the treasurer has a large role in a number of the funds that we manage. So. And on those, I've worked with the Capers since I got there in 2011. Uh, Ron Estes appointed me to the 529 Advisory Board in the Treasurer's Office due to the experience that I had in appropriations. We worked with pooled money. Uh, I've chaired insurance where we worked with the Healthcare Stabilization Fund, and unfortunately, in the Commerce Committee, we had to do as much as we could to try and help the uh, administration with the unemployment trust fund in this last year. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of those areas I've had a chance to work with in detail on how we handle it in the legislature which is a pretty natural fit to move over to the treasurer's side.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're talking my sweet spot. I love talking about the finances in the state of Kansas because you mentioned something that's a big trigger for some is fiscal responsibility and actually trying to, you know, manage a budget and actually take care of a budget. Because right now, it seems like in many aspects, we've gotten better this year, I think, with our state legislature. But the last few years have been kind of a struggle, especially with the Democrat governor and kind of how things have transitioned. In my opinion, we've we've gotten a little loosey goosey on some of this stuff because, but we I think we've, we're seeing a little bit better movement or a little bit better progress this year as we kind of change some of our tax codes in the legislative session this year, and we're trying to work on a semi decent budget and try and cut some spending, even though they say everything's on uh, you know uh, just skin and bones and we don't have any beef on any type of these agencies or departments and we're just dying here and we just need to double the budget on all these different de- programs and departments. Um, maybe we can get back to some common sense. What do you think?
4: Well, that's always something that we have to focus on in 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 making sure things balance. And if you check around, uh, you'll you'll hear a handful of fiscal hawks on the Budget Committee, and you will hear my name mentioned among that group that says, "Wait, what do we have to spend? What are we getting for these dollars that are there?" Um, but at the same time, you also mentioned tax policy and. Yeah. In the uh, uh, press release that came out in uh, Topeka, the 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 Democrat Party was talking about how um, I would give money away to special interest groups, and we tried to look through that, and the the one that it appears to be would be the tax cuts that we made, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing we did there was return the ability to itemize to people who lost that opportunity back in the 2017 tax cuts and jobs act. So if uh, if Returning money to those taxpayers is uh, something that is considered a special interest. That would be one I'd be happy to get to stand up for.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see actual money being returned to us. Now, the weird part is that the media, when they were, when they report on some of this, they say, well, the government's losing $200 million, $300 million over the next three years or whatever it is uh, because it's coming back to the people when we get to actually keep our money. To them, it's not your money that you get to keep. It's the government's now losing money, and how do we try to compensate to reverse that? It's a weird way that we actually report some of this news
4: it it certainly can be in that that was a, that was nearly 60 million of that 100 million that you spoke of annually was just in that um, itemized deduction piece and that was money that we hadn't planned on it it fell in our laps when they lost that ability to itemize and uh, truing that up I think was the consistent route to, to handle that particular policy.
1: Yeah. Let's lo- look at the budget the next couple of years here moving forward. I mean, last year, obviously with COVID was kind of a wonky year, but we are seeing some federal money come in to try and compensate for some of that. But budget wise, as you, you know, look at the budgetary committees there in the legislature, but then looking at it from the state treasurer's position as well. Uh, I mean, are we doing okay Uh, With tax money coming in to actually take care of things, do we need to slim off a little bit and cut some spending? Um, But with COVID last year and trying to move forward with our budgets the next few years, how are we looking?
4: You know, in the next couple of years, it actually looks good. Surprisingly, while we thought the budget would be hit hard in the last year, it was not in terms of tax revenue. the, The revenue continued to come in above the estimates. Uh, The federal monies that were sent last year in that stimulus package, the quick reaction that the Trump administration had to deal with that, the turnover of those dollars actually seemed to keep a lot of things working, uh, despite the fact that we weren't working for a few months of of last year. So our revenues were above what we expected, and that helped us to get through this year with some ease.
1: My My theory on that, toilet paper sales, just throwing it out there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
4: the most recent stimulus of $1.9 trillion is overkill to me. Um, we're at a point now our unemployment is in a very reasonable range. Uh, while I know there are still people who are not well fit to their jobs, uh, there are generally jobs available, and we need folks who are able to fill them. I think the economy is working on its own. That federal funds, in addition to what's in the uh, budget, I think has many of our entities looking for places to spend money, which is not a place that I really think we should be at this particular point. Um, Nonetheless, that will probably drive more tax revenue over the next year. However, if you go out just a little further, we're just finishing up with the school lawsuit, and that's going to continue to drive the um, spending higher. And as we get to 2023, 2024, um, we're back in in trouble. Uh, spending down the the reserves that are being built in the current year.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned both of those. I want to get to both. first off, you had mentioned the the benefits coming in from the latest COVID re- stimulus package. We just saw the news this week, as you mentioned, that we are extending the Candace unemployment benefits for COVID relief coming from the federal government, with that the additional two, three, four hundred dollars a week for unemployment benefits. Uh, that's coming at the same time that com, that the government tries to get people employed and get jobs and get training, has a record of forty five to 50,000 jobs available across the state of Kansas. So we're at record jobs available, but we're extending unemployment benefits to where people are not going back to work. That's going to hurt us at some point without any type of employee taxes from businesses or businesses being able to grow and actually hire anybody, which I think could, I don't know if it's going to affect retail sales, obviously, since they have money to go and spend. But from the business perspective here, that's going to hurt the state for a while, isn't it?
4: Well, it does. And you just, when you're in this economic situation, you do not want to be spending down money you don't have. And uh, that's the big problem at the start. Then the next one you mentioned is, We actually need to incent people to take jobs that are out there Mm -hmm. and extending the unemployment. Granted, it's federal, so we don't get to affect that necessarily at the state. But we need those policies to be in sync with with what's going on. Um, But there's, you know, one point six billion being added to the state funds. There's uh, almost a billion being. I think it's one point one billion being added to communities, uh, county and and city governments Uh, about just under a billion being added to K-12 from that stimulus package. Those are a lot of funds. Um, We'll have the chance to do good with those, but we really have to watch where we spend that type of money to make
1: sure it's productive. Well, and I'm sure, as you mentioned, the majority of going to probably going to go to education. We just had the bill, you know, the, the uh, state Supreme Court that said that we need to spend an X amount. I mean, we tried to pass the bill this year that unfortunately didn't go through giving more money to uh, these the student savings accounts to be able to apply it to private schools, charter schools, you know, whatever else they want to uh, for a better education. That didn't go through, so it seems like the majority of the money is still going to be steered towards education, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last I heard that education with K-12 through and higher education spending in the state is roughly around 60 to 62, 63 percent of our entire state budget. There's not a lot of wiggle room for anything else, is there?
4: Not a lot of wiggle room. And yes, it is the majority of the spending we have, especially between higher ed and K-12. Um, And then there's some other issues and how the federal uh, government is calculating the maintenance of effort of what must be spent on higher ed to get all of the federal funding for education. So another thing that we're having to work on, and I know in your next hour you'll have some other good experts to talk about how that will continue to be handled in the legislature.
1: Yeah, that's going to be fun. Last question before we let you go. But the other part that's kind of with education is the reamortization of capers. I know that Governor Kelly's always wanted to go to that to try and balance the budget. Is that still an issue? Is that something we need to be concerned about? And is State Treasurer, if you get State Treasurer position, I mean, how do we stop something like that to where we're not borrowing? Because I mean, remember she is the education governor, so she's going to take care of teachers. But by golly, we're just going to like bump back your your pension plans with capers. <laughs>
4: Well, uh, unfortunately, that goes the other way and the plan that they have. And yes, the treasurer sits on the capers board. That's a big deal. And we will need to reamortize at some point in that four-year term of the treasurer that's coming up. And it's not as much a question now of when as how you do it. There are a lot of different ways you can reamortize. And the problem with the position that the governor has on on reamortization is it uses a method that goes back to rebuilding the caper's liability. That's not where you want to go with an existing liability. You don't pretend there's a do-over as if it's brand new. You have to, just like you're paying your mortgage, you have to take some small bite out of that principle as you go, or it continues to snowball against you. And, And that's just a simple understanding that you have to have, whether you're planning your own retirement or the caper's retirement, To make sure that you get ahead of it. But that's one of the key things that we have done over the last time is improve the funded ratio from 53% to over 70%. And that's a huge deal. And you have to keep making progress, particularly when you're in a time that you have positive ending balances, you can't turn around and say, "Ah, I'm going to let this build back against us and, and drown us in the future
1: kind of sounds like my student loan payments. I'll just pay the interest and then it'll drag out for 20 years and I'll be fine, right? Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) State Representative Stephen Johnson, candidate for Kansas State Treasurer. Uh, I'm glad you're jumping in the race. Good luck with it. We got to get you back on the program again here real soon. If people want to reach out and learn more about you, how can they do so? Uh,
4: there's a Facebook page, stephenjohnsonks.com is something we're getting up and running and look forward to hearing from folks through, through that and, uh, uh, being on the trail and appreciate the chance to get out on your show.
1: Hey, it's good to talk to you, my friend, Steve. We'll get you back on the program again here soon. Thank you much. Hey, appreciate that very much. All right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap up hour number one. Got a heck of an hour two lined up for you as well with House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins, also Senate President Ty Masterson, going to be in studio for the hour talking about Legislative Recap 2021. It's Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker. KQAM. Stay here. Welcome back into the program, wrapping up our number one right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Thanks again to State Representative Stephen Johnson coming on the program, candidate for state treasurer. Going to be interesting as we try and handle our finances. You know, Governor Kelly's administration handled that swell, let me tell you, bigly, bigly, some of the best things ever. Yeah. Um, one question that I didn't get a chance to ask, and I think we should have talked about, and I think we will, maybe we'll do it in the next hour as well, is how much money potentially could the state of Kansas be spending on litigation? In the state regarding COVID, as many businesses, even right here in the Wichita area, have been filing lawsuits about lost revenue over the last year because of the COVID 19 pandemic and the forced shutdowns from Governor Laura Kelly. So, uh, is that something that we're preparing for? And are we setting some money aside from the COVID 19 stimulus money coming into the state from the federal government? Are we going to be Uh, prepared for that because one business has already done it it's going up to the state supreme court other businesses will be doing it as well i know we're going to be giving some assistance to some of those businesses but how much and is it going to be enough and will we end the litigation of covid between going back to work between vaccinations between safety between the lost revenue it's going to be a weird year hour number two it's going to be a home run hour. Make sure to stay tuned in. House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins, Senate President Ty Masterson. We're going to be rocking it for the hour talking about legislative recap 2021. It's going to be a heck of an hour, plus your phone calls as well, asking questions. A lot coming up right here for Candace Talk on the Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here.
0: This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM.
1: It is Kansas Talk. It's hour number two of Kansas Talk here on a Saturday morning. Welcome in right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM KQAM. Starting off a nice, stormy, dreary Saturday morning. I kind of like it. Kind of like it. I got woken up in the middle of the night by some of the booming thunder, and I just curled back up and rolled over and slept harder than I did before. So welcome, and great to have you along for the ride today. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK if you want to join into the program with our two guests, which we'll get to here right now. I am super excited about this. All presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue for buying, selling, and trading of your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. About the only guy in the entire Mid-America region that has silver on hand right now. There's a crazy shortage. Everybody's going out and getting it. He's got it. He's open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. You can also check him out online at philscoins.com. All right, it is our legislative session recap of 2021. Now, we'll have some other elected officials over the next few weeks giving some other updates from committees and certain bills and stuff as well specifically. But to do the generalized recap, I am so excited about this hour because the two heavy hitters in the state legislature right now making things happen in studio right now is we have... First off, Senate President Mr. Ty Masterson. Ty, what's going on, brother? Good to talk to you. Well, it's good to
5: be out of Topeka. Yeah.
1: But it was a good year, too. It's been Glad a it's heck of a year. Fun to well, talk about. Yeah, oh, we got a lot of fun stuff. And House Majority Leader from District Number 100, Mr. Dan Hawkins. Dan, how are you, sir?
5: Very good.
6: Thanks for uh, inviting us both in today. We're going to have fun.
1: This is going to be a lot of fun. I love talking about these, and I have to admit, you guys were talking a little bit about it off air going into. I don't remember a year where we came out of it saying, wow we got a lot of stuff done. Usually it's like we got some things done, but we were kind of our own worst enemy or we weren't able to get something through committees or get something we wanted to get done. We we had a laundry list of productivity this year in both chambers, um, even with a, dev- a Democrat governor that really stalled a few things. But overall, even with veto overrides, I think overall we had a heck of a year this year.
6: I would agree. Uh, actually, I was talking to a, a group here right before we left uh, Topeka, so it would have been... A week ago probably about this time actually thursday a week ago thursday and i was telling them a story a story about a legislature that literally had everything stacked against them mm-hmm. they had covid problems we had everything out there you know the the the, the state is shut down um just a lot of bad things were happening And in spite of all of that, we came in and we killed it. We literally got things done and ended up the year with some massive overrides on a governor that loves to veto bills.
1: Now, the media doesn't say that. They say that she's not much of a veto governor. So that was kind of unexpected for her to veto so many bills, right?
6: Actually, it wasn't (laughs) unexpected at all for either one of us. We knew it was coming. We knew what bills were going to be vetoed because there's just she's pretty predictable. But she's also one of the most partisan uh, governors we've had in many, many years. Uh, she'll get, she Back during the COVID time, she had a presser two or three times a week, and she would tell about the nasty Republicans and how they were so partisan and that she was a governor that just really was above politics. Well, she's not above politics. She is politics. Yeah. By definition, she's politics. Wouldn't we, you agree? Oh,
5: absolutely. We were actually, I think, able to leverage one of those big hurdles, which was the the COVID situation. There was mm-hmm. a sense that the session might get truncated, so we were able to get some really big pieces done super early. I mean, very unusually early for, alleged, you know, truth and taxation, value them both, uh, emergency management reform, all came out in the first month. So it almost gave us a, a second shot at session, so we were able to double up. By the end of session, that almost felt like it was last year's work, <laughs> <You know, laughs> but
1: so it, it gave us a big through. shot. I love it. Well, let's start off with some of the COVID. That was the big issue going into this. I mean, the governor had shut down most of the state last year because she had control when there was a declaration of emergency in the state. You guys kind of revamped that bill back in what end of March is when things kind of changed a little bit to where you guys had more control. She wasn't able to shut things down anymore going on to long term emergencies thereafter. Going into that conversation, I'm sure that was a difficult one to try and maneuver a little bit, wasn't it? To figure out who's got what kind of powers, what we can do, because I mean obviously we need to keep people safe but shutting the entire state down for almost a year a little bit excessive and now we're feeling the repercussions of that for many businesses. I think
5: every one of our neighbors knew there was overreach, right? Yeah. Shutting these businesses down and really a somewhat of a taking. A small restaurant and you're told you can't have customers. I mean that's so we had to deal and that's another thing we got done in the end with mm-hmm. some business compensation. But we really had to address those abuses. We were trying to protect the and get due process yeah. you know to our neighbors, right? If somebody and we were able to get that done. So if there was Uh, 72-hour due process, if they're going to do something, you have have an ability to uh, find that in the court system or in the governing body that made the decision. Yeah,
6: You know, we did that in actually two different sections. So Ty mentions during the first part of the session when we did the actual KEMA fixes, Mm -hmm. and then uh, towards the end of the session where we did the compensation, you know, for all of the time that those businesses were shut down, we were saying, if you're a business person and you didn't shut down, you had a massive... Uh, just a hole in your stomach, in your gut feeling for these people, because I know what it's like when you have money taken away from you. Uh, I did it in 2010 when Obamacare come in, and they cut my business's income in half, the health care insurance in half. And so I know what those people were going through. How are we going to fix that? And it didn't really, you know, people think that we just come up with these things immediately. That literally was worked on throughout session. And literally at the end of the session, uh, between the the Senate and the House came up uh, and, and and do a lot a lot of a lot part by uh, some attorneys on the outside helping us come up with a, a system to be able to, to to compensate those people for being shut down. Literally came up with a solution. Now we have to wait and see what the government governor does. Does yeah, she
5: veto it right. yeah. or does she, stuff, she still has opportunity to veto yeah. To compensation? Veto yeah, as well as right, we were able to slide right in the end. Uh, Prohibition on a vaccine passport. Yeah, exactly. I'm privacy so glad you guys did that. Trade. Yeah, but she does have the ability to potentially line item that out because we were able to put it in as a budget proviso, but just to protect that public accommodation right. If you're going to go down to the baseball game, they it's right. not they can't legally say, "Hey, are you vaccinated to come into the building."
1: Exactly. Well, that's the next question, because there's two things going on right now is businesses that are suing, saying uh, for the lost uh, lost revenue over the last year because of covid from the government shutdowns, whether it's the county level or the state level. Are we prepared for those? And what do you think the outcome could be on those? But then, as you mentioned, the vaccine cards we just saw this week, if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you haven't been vaccinated and you don't wear a mask. Our business is going to try to find a way to verify you one way or the other, and is that going to lead to a conversation on vaccine cards in the state, saying, "Oh, you're not wearing a mask? Let me see your papers to prove that you've been vaccinated." Because that conversation is coming, I think, to Candice very soon.
6: Well, I think number one, we we did that uh, vaccine passport. It's a it's a proviso uh, in the budget. It's basically for uh, all all state agencies and contractors. It's not for private businesses um but how many private businesses out there really want to go that direction right. in kansas i'm not sure there's that many maybe in other parts of the country but probably not here in kansas it
5: is broad enough for public accommodation though even though you have i mean if it's open to the public that according to that language you can't require it i mean obviously what they're trying to do now is kind of leverage people on the vaccine to say you know oh you get the freedom of not wearing a mask if you've gone <laughs> and had the vaccine but right it kind of discounts those like my own family that have you know, been through it and we have the antibodies and for all intents and purposes God vaccinated. Right. right. We exactly beat the virus yeah. and don't feel a need for the vaccine. And it's still, by the way, experimental. The vaccine
1: is still in that
5: stage. So to force somebody to take it I just thought it was, you know, kind of above the pay
1: off. I tell you, I get so much flack. The biggest issue I get flack on on social media and on the program is the fact that I say, you know, I'm young in my 30s. I take vitamins. I exercise. I do the D3. I do the magnesium. I do the zinc. I may have already gotten it. I don't even know because I never got tested. But I am healthy. I don't need the vaccine. But if you say that the, the, uh, there's a group that just think you are spreading it and you want people to die and you're just the dirty filthy undesirable of society. I've never seen this type of division before. This is really wild and it, it it's unfortunate it's happening in Kansas. Kansas is one of the lower rates in the nation with vaccination rates, aren't we?
6: Yeah, uh, we we are. We're, We're like in, what forty thirty eight 38%? Yeah, 40% right around there. Just, just yeah,
5: under so. 40%.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah.
6: And, and I, don't, I don't see that getting that much higher. Uh, I mean, you notice all of the advertising that they're doing out there, and you just don't see.
1: Well, they got to push it to 12 year olds now because no one else wants it. Yeah.
6: I don't think there's <laughs> going to be a whole lot more that are going to get vaccinated. In fact, I think that a lot of people are waiting to see if it gets perfected now. Um, you know, there was a lot of us that took it early. I was one that took it. Sure. Um, and I got sick both times I got those shots. Mm. I got sick.
5: It was not fun. Well, you never saw this with you know with the flu, and I'm not even trying to say it's the same thing, but the the flu killed a lot more children, right? I mean, and we never we never took those steps. I mean, we're protecting the elderly is what we need to do. I mean, that's an appropriate thing,
1: exactly. But the elderly, uh, the it seems like a
5: power push now, and I'm I'm I've been surprised how many people that are even like minded to myself as far as their freedoms are willing to give something up for this perception of you know safety. It's crazy.
1: It's a wild concept. Let's take a break here. When we come back, I want to shift gears. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on COVID because I know people are probably tired of hearing about COVID. But it's an interesting way that you guys have been able to uh, a whole, retain some power, actually keep the governor in check as we move forward. And hopefully this starts to fizzle out and we can get back to normal here soon. But if it doesn't, at least we know that we're not going to shut things down again with a uh, emotionally reactive governor that's been handling this over the last year. When we come back, I want to talk about the budget. I want to talk about the women's sports bill because that was a major bill in the state that caused a lot of attention. Uh, even marijuana. We went farther than marijuana in this state with the legislative bills than ever before. So I know that's a, on a lot of people's minds as well. We'll get to all that and more. Plus, if you want to call in, you can at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. It's Candace Talk here on KQAM. 20 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out here on a Saturday morning, getting you up and moving for the day, trying to do the thing. Senate President Ty Masterson, House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins, in studio for the hour. Legislative session recap of 2021. What a heck of a year. Let's shift gears a little bit to budgetary issues and tax issues. You guys passed a tax bill, actually, you know, mimicking federal tax deductibles and actually, you know, being able to keep money. Uh, We talked about it a little bit in the last hour, but, um, Of course, the media, the government's losing their $300 million for the next three or four years or whatever it was. But you guys actually able to do a little bit of tax work during COVID. Are we moving forward in the right direction, slimming some taxes, limiting some government spending, or where are we at with this?
5: We're definitely moving in the right direction on taxes. Now, we're moving far enough? Probably not, (laughs) right? I mean, but, you know. I think I was actually shocked how far we were able to get with a, a Democrat governor, right? I mean, I'm still not sure she realizes what she signed now for <laughs> taxation, right? I mean, that really, the re, I mean, that actually ends the stealth appraisal increases, you know, mm. on the property tax side, and then on the, you know, the other, ta- we were able to raise the standard deduction. We were able, I mean, it decouple, get, basically get for those that are basically. Let Kans realize the Trump tax cuts of twenty seventeen. Right. I mean is really what that decoupling kind of a wonky word, but that's what that is. We were able to get some of that done. So we were able to get, you know, a few hundred million in relief, but it was uh, yeah, I, I'm still shocked we were able to get that through with this governor. Yeah, she actually, signed that. Well, she didn't veto that one. Well, she signed no, she, it, right?
6: No, yeah, no, she did veto it. Oh, we she did. Oh, the you overrode she that one. Truth okay.
5: and taxation, the yeah, property tax piece. Right. Okay, but she vetoed. Yeah. We overrode the
6: other. Yeah. Yeah. She, had. She's vetoed that three times, and of course, the two times the House didn't have the ability to override, uh, eighteen and or um, nineteen and twenty. Sure. Uh, so we didn't have a, a really the the means with our body makeup. This year it was unbelievable. It was eighty six all Republicans. Every single Republican. But we actually
1: united Obama. all
5: 86 Republicans. All 86. Wow! I was even able to pull a Democrat. <laughs> I did a bipartisan, all hey. Republicans and one Democrat.
1: Didn't hear that in life. the news. No, didn't hear that from the Topeka Capital Journal. Shocker, no. right? No. Yeah.
6: No, that was that was very good. We'd we'd worked three years on that. Uh, had had setbacks, and then finally to be able to make it happen. Uh, big victory, big victory for us. Yeah, that's yeah. really big.
1: Uh, did the discussion of sales tax on food come up this year? I didn't hear much about that one this no. year. No. Probably. No. Interesting. Okay. Um, moving forward, are we okay tax revenue-wise, and did we cut any spending on federal or state agencies this year, or did everything kind of maintain spending-wise? I think to a large
5: degree it maintained. What okay. we were able to get was, with this governor, we were able to get some policy changes like you know, expansion of uh, education tax credits and some parental choice in education. We, no. The exchange there, we were close at, at, at cutting, but I would say if you look back at the whole budget, Pretty status quo. Pretty status. Yeah, yeah, we have we definitely have work to do on that side. Yeah.
1: Well, the education part of it, I know you guys worked really hard. We were so close to passing the bill for the education savings accounts for children, being able to actually, you know, send kids where you want to for your education based on the best opportunities. Uh, that that one's a that one hit a little bit hard. I was upset that that one didn't go through because we were really close on that one, weren't we? We
6: had we had people on both sides, both the House and the Senate Republicans that were that were not happy with that provision. Uh, if we would have got to an override on that, we wouldn't have won. Uh, probably not because uh, those people wouldn't have given in. Uh, so we got as much as we could. I mean, we we we, we passed what we could. It, it got vetoed. Then we came back, retooled. Uh, the Senate and the House negotiators were, man, they were probably out at, what, three days in negotiations trying to get that all figured out. Uh, Christy Williams on the House side. and
5: Renee
1: Erickson.
6: Renee on the, the Senate side both just really working their hearts out trying to get what uh, was the
1: hang-up there what was what were people upset about
6: uh, they, they just there's a there's a group of people that don't really don't want us to go that far on choice now we look at it we look at it as this this covid that we just went through proved exactly the reason why we need school choice but there were still those out there that said no we don't want to go that far they, they, they would expand the tax credits but they would not go that far yeah anymore. there are
5: there's a Small minority, that, even on generally our side of the blade, that, that feel like the money follows the child allows the government then to come in and also follow the money. Right, the money follows the child, government follows the money and puts restrictions on. For example, homeschooling, even that they sure. would be able to come in and affect, you know, what
1: what they do. So that's kind of and there, there's, you mean be able to control kind of the the, the yeah, course and mean, curriculum that's, that's for? Yeah, I mean that's that's the fear. Interesting. Okay, I mean, I guess that makes sense to have a discussion on to to at least put some of those concerns at bay but i mean the fact that you can actually have a savings account you could say you know what i don't want to take my kid to this school because the education quality is not there i can go to the charter school i can go to the magnet school i can go to the private school around here i can go to what i can do homeschooling as well Uh, i mean i think a lot of people really looked at those options this year especially with covid with all the virtual my six-year-old trying to do virtual this last year doesn't work very well so i mean we're looking at homeschooling next year Ourselves, I mean, the quality needs to go up, and if we have that competition, as much as the school districts may not like it, they have to kind of find a find a way to raise their qualities. The data is a mile deep
5: that, that that choice improves the results in education. Yeah, we've proven in Kansas what doesn't improve education is just throw more money at it, which is
1: what we're doing. Oh yeah, we, I mean, that's <laughs> in
5: my mind that's been the Kansas experiment. We threw an extra billion a year back after Montoy, yeah.
1: no change. We threw another billion, two billion a year here lately, no changes. Now we did sign the bill this year that did increase some some more spending to the education system didn't we i mean that kind of it was what was that the governor
5: got her recommendation on education spending mm. in exchange for the policy that we were trying to get gotcha and that
6: was a big negotiation back and forth too there at the end because we really couldn't afford to have a veto so ty and and uh the speaker and the governor were really negotiating that just
5: gotcha. to make sure we did truth is there are enough republicans that are uh, Soft on that now. On, on high education spending that we didn't we do not have the numbers to override a veto against her on that so that was a tight negotiation to get as much as we could and we feel, I mean I felt in the end we were very successful.
1: The savings count bill possibility for next year or maybe two years with a Republican governor. Do we kind of hang on to that one we're or not is it dead? Get savings accounts until we have a Republican governor. Okay, just once we ahead.
6: get a Republican governor, which I believe we will, uh, in in the Senate. Still, we'll have another two years after that before next election. Right. We'll go through a, a election cycle. But hopefully come out better, even better than what we are right now, which we're pretty darn good right now. Sure. Um, Then, then getting 63, 67, 70, whatever, it, it's not going to be as big a deal. As which will be 84. important in
5: these coming up, these House elections. I mean, it's, I mean, that's credit to your listeners, right? Elections have consequences, and that's no. shown. Our success in Topeka this year, Absolutely. direct result Boy. of the electorate. In 2020,
1: both the primary and the general election. I mean, we we put some more conservative seats in the primary, and then we got some Democrat seats in the general. I mean, I, I I'm still loving the the results that we saw there, and I think we're in a good position to maybe see that again next year for the midterms.
6: Well, I would tell you we already have our eyes on a couple of Democrat seats that we <laughs> think that we can get. Um, and, that we and can get. There's that a good can chance get. we get. Really, absolutely not. Doesn't have anything to do with anything else except going out there and working hard. Uh, getting a good candidate we've we've got a couple more that we can get so we well, have
5: syncide like. probably want the highest quality crop of candidates yeah th- at least seen in my tenure
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. We're in a good position to go into. And I think we mentioned it last hour, too, with so many candidates jumping into the governor's races, attorney general, state treasurer. I mean, there's so many announcements a year and a half out right now Mm -hmm. that I think the Republican base is maybe just fired up and ready to go after maybe what happened at the federal level with the Biden administration, what's going on right now. Uh, And then upset, of course, with COVID and Governor Kelly. I think that we're in a good position for Republicans to be kind of really just energized, Already, which is a really good sign, I think.
6: Well, I would tell you, we, we just finished the um, the, the state uh, GOP convention up in Manhattan. Yeah. And if if that wasn't any indication, they're fired up. We had a forum uh, that all of the leadership was on, and that room was
5: standing room only. I mean, it was packed. There was probably 300 people in there. They're fired up. That's part of the reason yeah. we were successful too, because she's having as having to pivot. I mean, that's why she signed Truth and Saxation. Mm. She has to. She's blown testing. She's blown vaccines. She's blown unemployment. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's got to pivot and try to become. So now she's trying to pivot and become somewhat of an economic governor. Right. Is what she's trying. Well,
1: to do. and she's actually trying to communicate with you guys now a little bit after just being. You're the evil Republicans, and I don't like you. Well,
6: only when she needs to.
1: <laughs> only when she needs to. Yeah, that's she's right.
6: She's not. Uh, she's definitely not a communicator with us on a normal
1: basis. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Let's take a break. we got a bottom-of-the-hour break. When we come back, we'll shift gears. We'll talk about the women's uh, athletics bill. That was a big issue. Yes, we will talk about some Mary Jo Juana as well and get your thoughts on that one with that bill uh, going farther than it ever has before in the state legislature. And then we'll talk about some other issues as well. You can call in at 316-721-8255. It's Kansas Talk. It is our Legislative Recap 2021, and it's right here on The Big Talker KQAM.
0: to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM.
1: Welcome back into Kansas Talk. Last half hour of the program, it goes by way too fast. By far the fastest hour of radio, two hours of radio on radio. Plus, we do have the live stream on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash 1480 KQAM. You can watch us on there, leave some comments if you have any questions, but it's open lines to you if you have any questions for our two guests for the half hour. Senate President Ty Masterson, House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins talking about our legislative recap of 2021 and we've covered a lot of ground already and still so many things you guys did this year we're, we're definitely gonna have to do this again here soon to talk about some more of this let's talk about some of the big major headline issues that the media loved to cover that was some major issues number one being uh, the women's sports bill, as that was super controversial, and the NCAA came out and made some statements, and the governor vetoed it, and we came so close, so close to that one. But talk about the process of this bill, uh, but ultimately not happening, right?
5: Yeah, well, not yet. I mean, I was, and I was. That was one of the main issues we were trying to carry, and I was one of the carriers. And that's what it shouldn't have been. I was honestly shocked how controversial they made it. Wow. It was not about identity or sexuality, or any of that. I mean, it's the same. It's basic physiology same reason you don't allow the 220 pound wrestler to wrestle the 106 wrestler or the 18 year old to wrestle the 13 year old it's just basic similarities in physiology and we we divide by age weight and and right. sex and so it's it was an easy apparently that's like a racist simple bill uh, apparently oh but you you'd have been shocked Andy in the debate i mean the minority leader of the House or the Senate actually stood up and said, well, there's no real definition of biological male. And I thought, what world am I in? You said that's that pretty, on the Senate floor. On the, on Senate, the floor. Senate floor. Wow. And that's pretty settled
0: science. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: mean, like, but it just it blew me away. But then they, they took it to this kind of real vitriolic level, right, and accusing us of trying to just invent ways to persecute people. I think what was missed in that debate, because you want to protect the underdog, right, which right. is what we're doing. And what they missed in that debate is – the girl is the underdog. Yeah. You think of a transgendered person as generally an oppressed class, but in this narrow situation, that biological male or transgendered woman is actually the oppressor against the female, and they were, and that's
1: what I seem to be missing in that whole debate. Well, I thought that side was supposed to be the feminists, all about women's rights and women women empowerment. So, and it's funny because we've talked about it on on the national show with some with some individuals about how there's a division in, I guess, the LGBTQ community on whether, you know what, the women's rights, women's power, you know, we want anybody to feel empowered as a woman, but yet we're divided on how we actually handle men that want to be women on whether they're taking over the movement or whether we actually accept them because they're courageous. It's kind of a weird thing going on, even on that sex. So the fact that,
5: uh, I mean... They're definitely not uniform, even in no. the community. And I thought when... Caitlyn Jenner came out yeah. on our side of that argument. <laughs> I thought, well, that's, you can't say he's anti-trans yeah, or she's yeah. anti-trans. I mean, or that they want this. I mean, I thought that would take us over the top, but it's still, they made it something it wasn't.
1: weird. Now the House passed it decently, right?
6: So so the uh, the Senate did the yeoman's work on that. Mm-hmm. They started it, um, really kind of flushed it out. and uh, And then when it got to our side, uh Representative Barb uh, Wassinger from Hayes uh, carried it on the floor on our side. Did a great job of carrying it. Um, we were we were about eight short of a veto override. So we would have been like 76, uh, which is a strong vote. Sure. Uh, but still you got eight votes to go if we're going to get a veto, which we thought we were going to have a veto. Yeah. Uh, but I, and I agree with you. When Caitlin Jenner came out, we were all going, this ought to be a slam dunk now. Right. And it wasn't. You know, it's kind of like – you know, science is good when it's for you, and it's not good when it's against you. You know, so they want to talk about science and COVID and all this stuff, which... They I mean, make it up as they go. They do. Right. They make it up as they go, but the science is here. Everybody knows that a man has a different ph- physiology than a woman, but th- throw that science out when it gets to something you don't want to use so it for. Close. So by minded. the way, that
5: NCAA... I mean, they were on the wrong side of Title IX in the '70s when it first came out. They they were against women's sports then, sure, right? And now to come out with a statement that says, "Well, we're going to be inclusive, and so we're going to make sure they take hormone suppression drugs and test test." <laughs> I mean, the same group that has on their website can't take performance enhancing drugs for the health of the athlete sure, and yeah, fair competition. Yeah, yeah. We're going to force these groups, we this group, block to your take hormones. Drugs. I mean, how hypocritical is that? And wow. to then threaten us with a. You know a basketball tournament. I just told him. I said my girls aren't for sale for yep. two days of basketball. Amen to that. And Amen we to were the that.
6: Same way on our side when that, that that argument was brought up, and it's like, no, that doesn't fly. You're you're going to support, but that's the argument that the governor
1: plan. used. I mean, it, well, it's going to be a job yeah. killer. We're going to lose revenue. Yeah. I mean, the mayor here in Wichita said the same thing. I mean, that was the argument that they used. They, I guess, they had nothing else. But it's not, yeah,
5: you don't have a real, you don't have a scientific argument for sure. Well, of course, and two, not. she's trying to pivot to be an economic governor, right? So she's going to turn mm-hmm. into yeah, all about the money
1: and finances there, right? That stuff. That's Those are fundamental issues that that we can't
5: let our girls down.
1: Now, the veto override on the Senate side lost by one vote, correct? Yeah, we we need 27 to override, and had 26. That one hurts. It it hurts. That one hurts hurts a little bit. Yeah,
5: three individuals had passed on the first, and I thought once Jenner came out, one of the three would go, but uh, none did. So, Carolyn McGinn and John Dahl and David Haley. We had one Democrat that was actually... That voted for it. Well, no, he was... We expected him to because he was on the right side of the issue, but in the end, he's that party locks up when yeah. they would not allow him to vote. Interesting,
6: in the right they, they do. The the governor does lock
5: up her party very well. But um, three
1: Republicans ended up going the other way. Two Republicans, and, two Republicans. Yeah. Wow, interesting. No, no,
5: three. No, you have that right. Because Dietrich out of uh, right.
1: Dietrich got was also gotcha. All right, well, maybe we can try that one again another time as well. But it's just it's it's a weird topic, and I know that they use the argument. Well, we've only seen like three trans children actually try and participate in the state of Kansas or something. But it's not it's not the point of how many. It's the principle of the thing is that if it is does become an issue, which it is crazy that we even have to discuss something like that. That you're right, we're protecting women actually getting scholarships, actually being. Pr- being successful, you know, breaking their own records as women and not having any type of manipulation within there. Well, it goes to, I
5: mean, you know, how many girls is it okay to disadvantage? Yeah. Three, five, ten, fifty? Right. I say not one. Exactly. Is it okay to disadvantage? And, and that would actually go to the timing. Let's do it now when it's not a huge issue. That becomes, you know, a dozen individuals or more than you might as well solve the problem before you have a big one. Yeah. Well, exactly.
6: Isn't it interesting? Wouldn't you think that in that issue that the feminist would come out on the oh, side of women? You would think women? so. You would think that's the weird part.
1: Not the case. Weird. I don't know. It's strange. The other big issue was, I I have to get crap. I mean, we've never gone this far with this bill in the state before. Uh, And I know a lot of people criticize the state of Kansas for being behind the times, quote-unquote, on this issue or not. It started off with Governor Kelly trying to partner up the... Legalization of marijuana with Medicaid expansion. With I laughed because I don't think those are the that was I, funny. I don't think those are the same crowds, and I don't think that that really coexisted. So the fact that she tried to tie those together, I'm like, that's cute. What the heck, man? Um, so that one kind of died off early on, but an actual legitimate marijuana bill got through and actually went uh, kind of right towards the end of the day there, didn't
6: it? Yeah, actually, it was. Uh, it, it had been worked on for quite a while. They they actually started working on it last year. Um, didn't get very far, you know, had other things and of course COVID come in. So it just kind of fell down. But during the off season last year, um, the groups, and actually when you look at what happened, it was conservatives coming together to try to make the most conservative, um, bill that they could get, that they could get passed. And so if, if you know the two people who are working on it, they are very well known to be very good conservatives uh, Blake Carpenter from, from, uh, Derby Derby, and Randy Garber from Sabatha, uh, opposite ends of the state, but both very staunch, very strong conservatives. Uh, so, so in, in the house, uh, we've got 180, uh, 125 people, Mm -hmm. um, 86 Republicans. And when you saw that debate, it cut across every line, You had conservatives voting for it. You had conservatives voting against it. You had moderates voting for it. Moderates voting against it, which you would think all moderates would be on it. No, not so. And then, of course, the Democrats, even they cut across some lines. Not every single one of them voted for it. And so it was just all over the place. It just shows you just where that issue is. And and really, the fact is, I did, and this was in, I want to say it was 2019, I spent my own money and uh, actually spent $5,000 to do a statewide survey on that issue. Wow. Uh, because it was just kept boiling up. And what I, and in and and my, my universe, was Republican primary voters. 70% of Republican primary voters supported medical marijuana. Not recreational. Not recreational Has but to be medical. Has to be medical. When you go to recreational, it drops down around 30-35%. I mean, it drops off significantly. Sure. And so we knew it was an issue that we had to start paying attention. I was the health chair for four years, had it in my committee <laughs> every year, and would not hear it. Yeah. Uh, but now, seemed to be the time to hear it. Had a great debate. Actually, it came out of, how, out of the, the, the Fed and State once, and when it came out, it was a pretty bad uh, Speaker sent it back and said, you guys got to do some more work They did. They spent the whole three weeks during our break uh, before going back to veto, working on it the, Those two guys um, uh, Blake Carpenter, uh, who's our House minority or Majority Whip sure. and then Randy Garber uh, literally spent those three weeks working on it, actually came up with a really, really good piece Now, that doesn't mean that the Senate won't change it you know, once it goes to – it's over in the Senate now. It probably – I'm not sure what committee you put it in. Probably Fed and State, I assume. They will vet it to the hilt. And right. it will not look anything like – it'll be So it's probably, got some time still.
5: Yeah. Yeah, those big issues yeah. like that. I mean, we all think we've got it all worked out until somebody <laughs> else puts eyes on it and goes, hey, what about yeah. this, right? So yeah. I think it it's that issue. Now, I didn't – we didn't take it up because it didn't hit our – we weren't lead on that issue. We hadn't vetted it anywhere on our side. I mean, sure. it's – and – then it lands two days before the end of session. Which so, is impossible. yeah, which is really impossible to process. So I know some people were maybe upset with the process, but the truth is, I mean, uh, the issue. I mean, the, the trick is, you know, one you have to define legitimate medical benefit of the plant, which I think has probably uh, been done, but you have to tie that to a legitimate medical need and a proper way to deliver. I mean, that's that's the trick, right? I mean, you uh, they want to call it medicine at some level, and then you know. Use it a different way, right? You can't so me eighteen-year-olds yeah. with glaucoma, right? <laughs> I mean, that uh, exactly. which delegitimizes the issue.
1: Well, right? yeah, so, I, I think it hurts their own cause, wanting to legalize it. I mean, I've I've loosened up my position on it quite a bit, learning about. Not necessarily as a medical cure for anything, but as a, another pain management tool with some of the cream, some of the lotions, some of the, you know, even the edibles to kind of just calm things down, be right. able to eat. I get that stuff and I get it, but you're right. I mean, just when people abuse that and be like, oh, I got the sneezes, I need to go get my green card. I mean, that's, you're hurting your own cause. They there, are hurting the cause. Um, right? When you're trying to actually push to make this happen. You know,
6: that's one thing you'll see in this one is, uh, and that was one thing that the Blake uh, Carpenter was absolutely emphatic about, is he has a list of conditions in there. And some of those ones that are hard to prove are not in that list. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you've got people that will come in and say they have anxiety. Well, you can't prove whether they got anxiety or not. And so they get it. So everybody's got anxiety. So literally those type of things that are hard to prove are not in there. It's, it's legitimate um, conditions that you can prove. And, and so I think they've done a good job of that. Now, the delivery, how it's delivered. They they did not. We did have a a, an amendment come to allow smoke, and it was soundly defeated, like eighty votes. Oh really? Yeah. So it's like it's not smoke. It's it's going to be pill, edible salves, that type of thing. thing, But it's not going to be the smoke. Now that's that's the way it is right now.
1: Um, Things will change. I mean, the road right.
6: It will once they start looking at, they'll they'll find things in there and they'll go, that doesn't make sense, and they'll change it. And then, then really where it will really happen is probably the end of next year in conference. That's where it's going to really happen.
1: Sure. It's it's interesting because eventually we will get to the point, whether it's, you know, a year down the road, five years, ten years down the road. I mean, we're going to see recreational come into the state. We're going to see things happen. I mean, because, I mean, that's where the nation's going. I mean, we see Oklahoma that has a medical quote-unquote, but it's pretty much open. Mm-hmm. Lucy-goosey. Colorado's, you know, pretty much, you know, uh, wild west i mean out there with it nebraska's doing the same thing missouri i mean so it's all around us and eventually kansas will have to do that as as people are kind of leaving the state and and start seeing more of that pop up in the state but it's just right now trying to do it in the best way possible for the state which is kind of the big conversation here because I know we're going to get the call and be like, oh, you know, Republicans are, you know, trying to take away rights of individuals, which we're not. If, if it's going to be implemented, it's got to be done smartly. Because I've said over and over and over that the state of Colorado did it horribly with the way they implemented this. And now I think they're going to see the repercussions of that. So we got to do it smartly.
3: Well,
6: we've, we've done some talking with the people in Oklahoma. Actually, um, I talked with the majority leader down there to get an idea of some of the things that they would have done different. When I talked to them about the provisions in our bill, they go, we wish we had that. We wish we had that one. That's a great one. You need to maybe take it a little bit farther. Sure. I mean, they give us a lot of good ideas. Uh, again, Blake Carpenter spent a whole day in the Oklahoma State uh, House wow. talking with leadership down there about what what they would do different
5: if they could go back. And that's yeah. one of the benefits of not being the first in line, right? I mean, you get exactly. to learn from others' mistakes, see some of the social costs they had to pay that you know probably – we wouldn't want to pay, and so, but, but the issue had uh, has matured to the level; it's going to be a serious topic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the phones here real quick, shall we? Three one six seven two one eight two five five. As we do our legislative session recap here, we'll do a quick phone call before a break. Good morning. Here's this.
3: Good morning, Andy. This
1: is Nick. How are you? I'm doing great, Nick. How's it going, brother?
3: Well, I, I was, I had to take this opportunity just to, because I, it was too. I right. knew you would call. I knew you would call. I love it. I, I figured you I told Katie, I said, you know, I'm just going to go home and sit on the phone and listen. And, <laughs> and I might dial the phone. You know, we'll see. I and love it. No matter what, Andy, and God bless you all, uh, Senator Masterson and our Representative Hawkins. Uh, I love you all. Uh, unity in the Republic, uh, especially the party, and I think disappointment in the platform is something that we're going to have to consider here. And I think the Kansas DOP is in good hands uh with you two, uh regardless of cannabis retardation. Uh but I do think that uh this issue, uh, as you said um Ty, is gonna be a big issue uh moving forward. Now as far as the uh get it done conservative definition here, uh, I, I do believe David Joyce uh federally representative, I think, uh, from Ohio has introduced a federal bill that would deschedule cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act, uh, allowing those holdouts, uh, such as some of the Kansas Republican Party individuals, uh, to go ahead and be okay with the fact that this is necessary, uh, I think, for next election cycle as well. But anyway, uh, thank you for everything that you do, guys. Including you, Andy, we love to have your show on and listen to you. But uh, and I don't have a specific question unless, unless we want to have a good, healthy, robust debate about this.
1: Uh, issue. Well, I love it, and I know we're running short on time here, so I got to let you go here, Nick. But no, I appreciate that, and you're you're right. I mean, it is going to be a major issue moving forward, and it is going to be something that, as you as we just talked about, I mean, we're going to curve the best way to to implement this in the state as we watch and observe other states, and as we you know as we continue on. So next year, I could see it even moving a little bit further. Now that it's sitting in the Senate seat, I mean, uh, I know you guys didn't have time to address it this year, but what's the uh, the the thought of the process going into the next session
5: you'll probably have two new bills introduced next year because this okay. one kind of uh, ran well and then one of the mechanisms we have is i mean it was stuffed into a transportation bill mm. so it was declared materially altered so it was just meaning we just we're going to start over but you've had a, an issue pass, right so i think you'll probably see a Senate bill introduced, a House bill introduced, and as Dan described earlier, those will get processed in their chambers, and then you'll you'll get to conference on those and see if we can come to a product.
6: And actually. that language is conferenceable, Absolutely. so that language is out okay. there. Literally, the anything that's in that, when it comes to conference, they can use it piece by piece. We're so in the first need. year of a
5: two-year cycle, yeah. okay. And so one, I mean, it's kind yep. of wonky inside the dome. But once a subject matter, particularly specific language, has passed one chamber or the other. It is considered conferenceable, meaning it can come out of a conference report without having to be reprocessed. A reprocessed,
1: sure. I love it
6: also that. gives you a lot of latitude by having that. You can have those two new bills if that's what happens, or you can have one new bill. I agree with him. There's going to be probably multiple bills that will be introduced. Uh, it allows you to take those in work with that within that system, right. and still use that comfortable language that's out there to fill in the gaps where those may not have. So it's a it's a process. It's a big process big yet process.
1: to go. Very good. Let's take a break here real quick. we got just a few minutes before the top of the hour. We'll take a break. We'll recap this and kind of wrap things up here as we end at Candace Talk already for you Saturday. It goes by way too fast. Wait, So many other topics we need to talk about, and we'll do that when we come back right here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Sure. Welcome back into the program. Just a few minutes left of the show. Goes by way too fast. We've got a caller on the line. We'll try and sneak you in here in just a second. But real quickly, with some of the other bills that were going on in the legislature this year, uh, big news. Last year, we or last week, we just had the Kansas State Rifle Association's annual convention. That was a lot of fun. We've talked about that throughout the week as well. But it was a big year for Second Amendment issues. Kansas, I mean, I love it. We rock on the Second Amendment issues uh, in this state. We already had the Second Amendment Protection Act. We had the open carry and concealed carry this year lowering the age concealed carry to the age of 18 i know got vetoed from the governor but uh we did get that overridden and i, I overall i think it was a really great year for 2 way issues wasn't it so
6: i will tell you again elections have consequences yes so in 17 and 18 the house passed this same bill and it got over to the senate and the senate uh majority leader at the time wanted nothing to do with it and never would allow it to come up so it was dead really for all intents and purposes we had this election. We have a new Senate president. We had a new majority leader in the Senate. Yeah. And we started it on the House again. We got a reciprocity done. We added the 18 uh, for the concealed carry. Uh, got it over to the Senate. Got it done over there. We also had an Eddie Eagle bill that the governor vetoed. Well, yeah. She vetoed both Who of these. Who vetoes Eddie Eagle? Yeah, that was ridiculous. On, it was absolutely ridiculous. But she vetoed <laughs> both of them. Uh, Eddie eagle for us was a little bit more problematic at getting the veto override didn't have quite the, the the force of the of the reciprocity bill but the reciprocity bill override was awesome on both sides we got it done in fine fashion in fact that was uh, I believe that one for us was an 84 uh, wow. so we just got what we needed we had two people two Republicans vote against it you guys got a bigger oh, we
5: yeah we would have yeah, I think we were thirty. 30, 30. I, think, I mean, yeah. it was. We had. A, yeah, you we got, would. We got would got have gotten Democrat. Eddie Eagle on our side too. But yeah. Yeah. It's, in, it's the long. It, some of the vetoes started on the other side, so if it couldn't clear your first house, we never even got a chance to see that one. But it was. I mean, it's in these crazy times, like like COVID, right, where our freedoms are being stripped, where we have to reassure the people exactly. that, they, that that exists. And so, I mean, really, the credit goes. To, again, your listeners and those that voted in 2020, that change of electorate changed uh, the Senate body. Changed the whole dynamic, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we're able to just even process these issues where, Dan's exactly right, the last few years, the last term under the prior leadership, we couldn't even get votes on them.
1: Well, that was the thing. I mean, we've we've been doing this radio show for now seven years on the local front talking about issues. And every year when I have you guys in talking about legislative issues, it was always the frustration of if we just had more Republicans siding with us getting this stuff done. This year, it didn't seem to be really that big of an issue. Like you mentioned, for the Senate side, you guys were cruising through bills left and right. The House, I mean, we had... Uh, I mean, the fact that I heard on a couple different bills, 86 Republicans vote for it, all 86 Republicans doing. I mean, that's that's huge. That's a that's a big year for you guys and
5: outside the dome. It's hard to comprehend, but that's very difficult. Yeah. To get everybody on the same page. And that's been the the issues because the prior leadership was a majority was a Republican, quote unquote. Right. I mean, yeah. So. It is. It doesn't matter. Those primary elections really matter too, because that's what made the difference, particularly on this issue. Man,
1: I love it. Out of time. Oh, we could go for another couple hours on this issue. there's a lot of good stuff. But uh, Ty, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate Man, it very much. To see you, Andy. Dan, always great to talk to you as well. Always Appreciate good. that very much. We'll get you guys back in. Maybe do a round number two of this, as there's some other issues that. Uh, uh, need to be discussed as well. We'll have some other state legislative come on uh throughout the next weeks or two as well. And we had a couple callers, so we didn't get to you today, but we'll get you back on the program again here real soon. That does it for us today. Back at it on Monday with the Voice of Reason national broadcast. Make sure to stay tuned in for that. And Candace Talk next Saturday again, every Saturday, 9 to 11. Joe Pags live with the weekend coming up here right after the top of the hour news here on the Big Talker KKOAM. Until then, this is Candace Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful weekend.